0: Hi! You guys want some cookies? Cookies? Cookies?
1: Cookies? Cookies? Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I'm joined, as I always am, by my bosom buddy, Bubby Kestron Hey, Bob.
0: Hey buddy, what's up? How you doing tonight?
1: Oh, doing six feet away.
0: Yeah, you are. At least I think you're like you're like six and a half
1: now. Six-ish.
0: Taking it personal that you're not only six feet away. Mm. Feels distant.
1: Mm. I like distance. I'm all about this social distancing. That's all the rage right
0: now. No, you're not. You you're a very social person. This is killing you.
1: I know. I this. I'm I'm basically depressed now right that this is still happening and uh, and the longer it goes on uh, the closer it will push me to madness is where I I kind of th- I see where this is going now and the worst thing is is that I'm the luck I'm one of the lucky ones you know I still I have know. a job yeah uh, I'm healthy my family's healthy and yet I'm miserable <laughs> and I I guess what I'm trying to say Bob is I want people to really focus their sympathy, Toward me just because I feel bad.
0: I don't think anybody realized how bad this whole situation was until they heard that you're not happy right now.
1: I feel a little blue, Bob.
0: Yeah. Why are you rubbing your tummy when you say I feel a little blue? <laughs> that was weird. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't you're. not That was weird. You're a very social person. I like doing things. I, I'd say you're definitely more social than me, but I like, like throwing the kids in the car and doing things. Yes. Like go, getting out. And we can't do that. So I am depressed because... It's like every day I want to go do things, but I just can't do things.
1: I would say that you are more social than me, but your social habits are more interesting in that you like a lot more people, but you also hate a lot more people.
0: (laughs) Wait, how is that?
1: So kind of you're more extreme in terms of how you interface with the people that are around you in life.
0: I don't interface with people I hate. You just know that I have grudges against like an ever-increasing number of people, and you love the fact that I do.
1: Is there a burn book that you have somewhere? Of course there is. Let's table this conversation for the next time Jason is here, because uh, Jason Zumwalt, I think Jay has the best kind of insight into your soul when it comes to this kind of stuff. So we'll stick a, we'll stick a what do they call it, pin in this it conversation.
0: Is, it is funny to me, though, that now whenever something comes up, we're like, You'll text me like, "Hey, uh, have you seen Middle Ditch and Schwartz? It's really funny. Any problems?" <laughs> you know? And I have to write back like, "Nope, they're both great. It's very funny. You're right." Like,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, all right, good one. Countdown show. Love countdown shows. It not only does it take you back to a, a time before, you know, let's go through the things that were better. Uh, the, the towers were up. Oh, yeah. No war in Iraq. None. Uh, about probably 4,700 less um, assault rifle shootings. At least. Uh,
0: And you could um, hug people.
1: Right. And now uh, also the 1990s, a decade where you could hug people and touch people. It's gotten so bad now that when you watch movies and TV shows and you see like large gatherings, you're like, oh, wow, what a Petri dish.
0: The 90s, we were so into touching each other that some people in real world just invented like the triple kiss. They're like, let's just all shove our tongues into each other's mouths at the same time.
1: Nothing bad can happen. Nothing
0: bad could happen from this.
1: There's no chance anything bad could happen. So now now the 90s, man.
0: Now a lot fewer triple kisses going on, at least in my house. I don't know about your house.
1: Uh, No, certainly no triple kisses in my house. (laughs) That would lead to a visit from Child Protective Services and the the police uh, simultaneously, but uh, yeah, triple kisses are out. They were hot in the 90s. The towers were up. Uh, school shootings down. All these things that we took for granted in 96, the year that we're going to focus on, all that stuff now is, you know, that was a more innocent time. We talked about it in the show. The 1990s were the 1950s.
0: Who knew? Didn't we, feel like it at the we, time.
1: We got, at least we got that. We got to come of age at a time where the most serious thing that ever happened was Bill got an old knob job mm. in the Oval Office. Yep, and O.J. Simpson
0: killed a waiter.
1: Well, and his ex-wife.
0: And is that, Well, you. I was going to say and his ex-wife.
1: Well, usually people lead with Nicole Brown Simpson. And that's this.
0: why I'm trying to buck that friend, because they both died,
1: Dan. You're telling me? Oh, that. one life is more valuable than yeah, the other. Yeah, come on, man. See, See you, I was going to make a joke, but that's I can't. What we,
0: that's what we would fight about in the 90s. Because you
1: know why? Because Ron Goldman's out there still listening to everything. Remember Ron Goldman? He has he has a big creepy mustache like you have right now. I do, and you know Goldman. If anybody says something, Ron Goldman's dad. What was his dad dad's name?
0: Daddy Goldman. I am keeping this mustache post COVID. By the way, I've already decided this uh, is it. Oh no, man, this is how it. This is how it goes from here on out. Because I mean, because why? are you not? looking?
1: What are you what are you going for with this?
0: Well, I realize like a lot of a lot of like facial hair in your twenties and 30s even it's like you're just like oh what's the best what's the best amount of facial hair like what looks best on me then you get to a point where you're just like all right i just need to cover as much of my fucking face as Uh, i can so i'll have a beard and then when when that happens then you're just like well let me see what this does and i feel like this uh this mustache is kind of it's covering it's kind of bridging the top half of my ugly face with the bottom of my ugly face it's giving you something to distract in the middle now distraction that's what i'm kind of going for a
1: facial distraction that's what i need that's interesting because mm-hmm. uh, men will a lot of times grow beards. Uh, it, it gives you some type of jawline perhaps and covers jowls. That is that is helpful. But the distraction, the mustache is a distraction. That yeah. is kind of novel.
0: Let's see how, see how it works out for me.
1: Uh, what does your wife think about it? Hates it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's bad. I get it.
0: But you know what? If what was
1: my, what, my wife's reaction when we came in the garage before we started today? Her first thing she said. She shrieked. <laughs> she went... Oh,
0: <laughs> but then she said she actually liked it because then she was distracted by it after that.
1: That that was a clear on being nice move. By
0: Your wife's not nice.
1: If she... I if I talk to her privately, you know what I'm gonna do. Mm. This is what I'm gonna do. When I see her tonight after we tape, I'm gonna secretly record on my phone. I'm be like, hey, so what do you think about Bob's new mustache? And I'm gonna get her response and we're gonna play it on the show.
0: What if her response is, "Well, it distracted me from his ugly fucking face." I'll be okay with that cuz that's the idea.
1: Okay. Let's, let's do this countdown, Dan. Let's get to it. Let's
0: go back to 96. Let's uh, I start. mean, I'm just
1: saying the 90s were great.
0: They were great. Didn't need a mustache back
1: then. And I don't now that we're both in our 40s, this podcast is not getting any cooler and it's it does feel like increasingly when you do refer to the 90s it was like when we were younger and it was people talking about the 70s. Yeah. That's rough. That's a that's Correct. a rough realization.
0: Yeah. No, we're fucking, we're dinosaurs, dude. Dinosaur with a
1: mustache. All right. We like to start always with songs that fell outside the top 10. What was it? What month are we talking about here?
0: This is May. We're going back May 96.
1: May 96. Here is my outside the top 10 pick. in the best mood, but now I'm in a good mood. Me too. I, w- I hope the refreshments know that, that they've been doing that for people for decades now.
0: I loved this song so much. I owned this. I bought the CD based on one song that didn't happen a lot in the 90s. That was the old
1: model. The old model yeah. of the music business is you could hook somebody up for an entire album's of song of the songs for 16 bucks or whatever it was based on one song. But I was a
0: pretty tough sell. Like a lot of times I would wait until like I banded two or three songs. This one, I was like, nope, like the sound. This is my band. I'm buying Fizzy Fuzzy Big and Buzzy.
1: <laughs> Which you should have known that there might not have been another banditos on there. But guess what? There
0: was. It was a great album. Really? I love right. I listened to that album a lot in 96. You were 97. also
1: big on going to Tower Records and then going to the wall where you could listen to yes. the CDs that were on no, the No, I knew what I, I knew what I was getting. Sampling.
0: And you know, we talked about Fountains Away in a few weeks ago. Uh, I feel like there was this, this whole like block of bands that kind of fit in that world where it was like Fountains of Wayne Nada Surf The Refreshments, Super Drag it was like all of these bands that had a buzzy hit and maybe you bought the CD maybe you didn't and the rest of your fandom was completely dependent on that one decision and I was a Refreshments fan
1: because I bought this super sad uh, wikipedia page on this one banditos is a song by american band the refreshments from their album fizzy fuzzy big and buzzy the song is the band's best known hit a music video was produced to accompany the single in which the members of the band robbed a bank in mexico and fled in lead singers toyota land cruiser they eventually give the police the slip through the use of ridiculous disguise the video was directed by david Dobkin. that's the entire entry well, what do you need Love the song? I want to <laughs> know more about the song, which, by the way, peaked at number fourteen Modern Rock Tracks. And despite Bob's take that it had a bunch of banditos on it, you never heard from them. Ever oh no, I again. didn't.
0: I didn't mean it had other hits on it. It just had really. It had some good songs on it.
1: Do you it. remember the next single that was released? Down Together. Very good.
0: And that was, I think, my favorite song on the album. They were good.
1: That's an awesome song. I love that song. Yeah. And uh, and I should. Well, let's listen to your pick for outside the top ten. And then I want to share something about uh, this countdown we're about to do. Bob's selection is right out of the County Crow's handbook. We're in the if, you, if there was like a planet, yeah, Duritz, <laughs> These people would uh, uh, inhabit planet, an area.
0: This is. Are you saying this is Mercury, Dan?
1: Nice. Yeah,
0: you'd appreciate.
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm gonna guess that this song is not gonna sound any cooler.
0: I went from a bad mood to a good mood <laughs> to a
1: great mood. Welcome back to Planet Durance. Me, 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 me. <laughs>
0: I got here. I cut off all my
1: friends. I think I figured out. My life begins. When fun ends, I got my
0: wings.
1: I Those I just heard yeah, I got Kirk H- O'Bain H- just shot himself again really when he heard the song. <laughs> Tragic.
0: Till everything falls <laughs> apart, then I get to try to put it
1: back together and fall apart you count on that, count on bad, bad weather. What a. <laughs>
0: What a, what a slice of heaven
1: it's a, it's a nice little <laughs> pop ditty I mean I I remember liking the song but I would definitely put this in like the category of you know Delamitri role to me where it's just lose so, something breakfast at Tiffany right It's yeah. so fluffy and, and lightweight that it just kind of floats away and yeah. to to claim it as a song you truly truly love. Is a little embarrassing.
0: Yeah, I definitely wasn't out with my enjoyment of this song. I didn't own the CD. Our friend Greg owned the CD, though. He did. And I remember listening to it at his yeah. house. There were a couple. Greg, of, the uh, only
1: friend we have that would would buy Dogs Eye View CD and DMX in the same exactly uh, shopping. Yeah,
0: and the reason trip. you were saying that this is part of the Duritz Solar System is because now it gets a
1: solar system. I like that. Is because uh,
0: <laughs> Peter Stewart. Who is Dog's Eye View I think he was like a one-man band kind of thing
1: Kind of, yeah, it seems like
0: it Duritz would uh, enlist him to open up for them I think Duritz recorded a song with them on their next album So it was uh, Counting Crows adjacent
1: I saw the Crows in Las Vegas in 1999 Touring behind This Desert Life And sure enough, this was the band Oh, this part right here Opening for the Crows don't you have better things to
0: do said, if I do my job there would be there would be no Rob Thomas without dog's eye view come on
1: it's like if you think train rocks just a little too hard check out dogs Eye view <laughs> <laughs>
0: well they do Dan <laughs> train can get pretty hard
1: You do not want to be on the tracks when Train takes out the guitars and turns them up to 11. But I like that song. You were
0: allowed to like those songs in Dishwala and all the other ones we mentioned. You just didn't, you know, you weren't going to see them in concert. You weren't like wearing a Dog's Eye View t-shirt to school.
1: What was his name, the singer again?
0: Peter Stewart.
1: Yeah, I I can remember it because we probably saw Dog's Eye View or Peter Stewart. As a straight solo artist, open for them multiple times, <laughs> and I could I could still picture Durritts about midway through the set being like, "Thanks a lot to Peter Stewart." <laughs> <laughs> good Durritts,
0: good Durritts.
1: <laughs> uh, before we get into the top ten, let me just say that we will probably never do a top ten that I'm going to enjoy more. Because this right here is the sweet spot for me in my adolescence of when I kind of fe- fell head over heels in love with music and specifically alternative music. And I was staying up uh, way past midnight to watch Alter- Alternative Nation and taping videos off the TV. A lot of them that we're about to listen to here and listening to K-Rock and X-107, our local alternative rock radio station. This, to me, this encapsulates my teenage years more than any other countdown that we've done when I look at the the 1 to 10.
0: Yeah, it's tough. it's tough kind of finding these countdowns when we decide we're going to do one because a lot of times it's either songs or albums that we've covered already, like a lot of those, or it's just stuff that we don't connect to one way or the other. But this one kind of hits that sweet spot of there are a couple of songs we've hit before, but for the most part, it's artists that were big in 96, songs that we loved. And uh, without further ado Let's get into it
1: And if we're going to hit these songs If you're going to hit any songs multiple times The ones we'll hit again here It's good
0: Good tease It's fun good So tease. let's get into
1: it Was this one of them?
0: We have. I don't think we've ever hit this or talked about this band
1: Alright, here we go Give a shout out to our friend Brian The Z-Man
0: Our punk ska friend Everybody needed one back in the 90s
1: Here we go. A little gold finger. it out but when it kicks into the second verse excellent oh yeah great great song here in your bedroom by goldfinger the song is based on frontman john feldman and a brief relationship he had with a woman peaked at number five on the modern rock tracks in the united states released 1996
0: goldfinger had this they had that song mabel Do you remember that one Maybe. Her eyes were hazel. Her name was Mabel. Yes. They were good. That. They were like, they were able to kind of take that punky, snotty sound that blink One Eighty Two turned into a juggernaut and uh, get a couple of hits out of it.
1: The song's so good. So good. And I, I was never a big fan of ska slash punk or whatever. Ska punk skunk. Was that a thing they called skunk? People, that feels like it makes. That was sad. That was, it was okay, sad. Good. Glad somebody covered it. Um, because and we listened to a lot of it, we heard a lot of it because of our friend Brian, as we said, and a lot of it I really struggled to get through. And like, Brian knew that.
0: Yeah, like when we were listening to Oasis, and Brian wanted us to turn it off to listen to Mustard Plug. Right, but like that uh, stuff didn't really go over too well. It's
1: like oh, Skank and Pickle, or what's well, the story, of Morning Glory? All right, we'll right. Go Skank and Pickle today.
0: But there were less than Jake songs that we fell in love with over the years. Every once in a while, yeah.
1: there would be songs where that had more of a pop sensibility and kind of. Got away from the straight sky, and this was one of
0: them. Brian introduced me to The Impossibles, who became a band I love.
1: Very simple and straightforward yeah. and just a great... Thriving rock song.
0: One of the more random concerts, I guess, I've ever seen in my life was Goldfinger with the Bloodhound Gang back in either 98 or 99 in college.
1: No, the Bloodhound Gang had to be a rough live show.
0: No, it was fun. All I remember is, I mean, we were Were done. they just like
1: ripping farts into the microphone the whole time? Yes.
0: They, uh, all I remember is they have like a gigantic bass player and he climbed up on top of the speakers and dove out into the audience. It was like, nobody wants that. Right. That guy's tremendous. Right. I think they were spitting on each other the whole time. I think that was a bit that
1: they were doing. That's That sounds like an amazing dynamic live show. Uh, I don't know this next song off the top of my head. So this is the one song that kind of uh, stands out to me as a mystery, potentially. Here is Photograph by the Verve. Guy. Oh. Are you familiar with this one?
0: I am because I had, remember that magazine CMJ where they would have a CD with it? Yes. Where you would get a whole C D
1: like mixed C D seemed very wasteful. Seemed very like it was wasteful, destroying the environment. I remember
0: buying a CMJ magazine and this was the first song on it.
1: How about all the discs that were floating around in the nineties? The AOL mail and all that shit. More of those. That's what that's how we found ourselves where we are now. All right, here we go. The Bird Pipe, they're the freshman guys, right? They are, yeah. All right, there you go. Ring about you?
0: Like I just said, yes, because I had this CMJ CD and this was the first song on it. Huh. And I thought it was really cool.
1: Notice I completely filtered out everything you said. Apparently, seconds yeah. Seconds ago. Is <laughs> <laughs> the chorus hit yet or did I sleep through that also?
0: I think this is it.
1: All
0: right. It's cool. I like it. Oh, wait, here, this part. Ready?
1: Okay. I'm in the I'm in the Kind of think it's shit, but I.
0: Well, yeah, this definitely didn't leave a, It was a top 10 hit, apparently. I, apparently. So, a yeah. top 10 alternative hit. Right. It definitely didn't leave a big mark. It
1: peaked at number six, so it was moving its way up the chart, not for much longer, but.
0: It's got a cool sound to it. And obviously, the Verve Pipe is known for one song that came, I think, a year later.
1: Oh, this was before the freshman. Yeah. Interesting. And they kind of wrote the defining I had an abortion song. Eh, well, Brick by Ben Folds.
0: Yeah, that's the defining song. This is the. they, They had the defining Baby in a Dumpster.
1: Do we have to make story. a Mount Rushmore? Of, it wasn't,
0: wait, it wasn't an abortion. It was Baby in a Dumpster.
1: I put them in the same category, though, <laughs> That's, in some ways.
0: Is that progressive of you? I don't know.
1: <laughs> but if there was a Mount Rushmore of Baby in Dumpster slash Abortions song artists, Unwanted Babies. Unwanted Babies. There you go. Mount Rushmore. <laughs> uh, you have Verve Pipe, The Freshman. You have... Brick. Brick, Ben Folds 5. You have... Um, for Zion, Zion song, Laur- Lauren Hill.
0: Oh, is that a, a Monta Baby song?
1: Oh yeah, they're like get rid of the the baby, it'll oh. hurt your career. And uh, maybe the one that started it all, Papa Don't Preach, Madonna.
0: Yeah, no, that definitely, obviously, we got to make this Mount Rushmore.
1: We got to get going on this Mount Rushmore before we run out of time, before <laughs> one of us develops a cough.
0: Get a lot of people <laughs> visiting there that don't want to be there.
1: What a weird uh, mountainside that would be. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'd like to just uh, call the National Park and be like, hey, do you guys have any available mountains for this project that we're working on?
1: Uh, yeah, actually, one just opened up. What's the idea?
0: Well, you've heard of Mount Rushmore, right? What's the right? theme? You've heard of Mount Rushmore with the course, presidents? Well,
1: of course, yeah. We get calls about this all the time.
0: Okay, well, we want to do one of those uh, for music.
1: Okay, well, that's great. Music is a universal language.
0: Right, so um, we just thought that we'd do something that everybody's kind of interested in. We're gonna we're gonna kind of dedicate the side of your mountain. Which, by the way, thank you so much for being so open to this.
1: Well, we didn't we didn't clear it yet, but go right. On. But I
0: appreciate that your openness to this. Um, we're uh we're gonna dedicate the side of that mountain to uh, songs about unwanted babies and celebrate the artists that wrote them.
1: Finally, <laughs> <laughs> take my money
0: and my chisel and get to work.
1: <laughs> Wait, you're gonna pay us? <laughs> All right, so that is number nine, uh, the Verve Pipe. When they weren't uh, fishing babies out of dumpsters, they were singing about photographs. That That is the best way to describe that. Sorry, poem. I was just
0: thinking about what that would look like. It would be Ben Folds, Madonna, the guy from the Verve Pipe, who knows what the hell that guy looks like. <laughs> And Lauren, and Lauren Hill, like that's a great.
1: I mean, even Ben Folds, like, is there going to be a <laughs> lot of facial re- recognition of Ben Folds? You will get
0: a lot of dorky whites traveling to Montana. Madonna and Lauren this. Hill,
1: bang bang, that's great, <laughs> right off the bat.
0: Any Mount Rushmore would be happy to have them.
1: Yeah, we're doing great. Uh, I do want to make sure we're not leaving out a big time. I want um, I want a baby song. I don't want my baby, or I want my baby song.
0: You know who's not invited? Ace of Base. They wanted another baby
1: good yeah that's good we're we're doing pretty well right now Bob. here we go up next the number eight song one of my very favorite songs from one of the great hard rock bands of the decade Mm. did we do super unknown
0: We did. I love how we're at the point now where neither of us know what we've done.
1: (laughs) Thank God for you.
0: I know sometimes. We did
1: Super Unknown by Soundgarden. Yes, we did. That's incredible to me. (laughs) Prove it. I can't. (laughs) I cannot I still can't believe we don't got Chris Cornell around anymore. I know. The vo- the voice. I just call him the voice. And everybody would know exactly what we're talking about.
0: I don't know if they would at all, but what I do you mean, mean if you just said the voice, they would think you're talking about that show on NBC.
1: I mean, uh, all right, just a little bit more. Uh, I, I, I just need more context. Okay, in 1990s rock, the voice. I guess people will probably say Kirk Cobain.
0: Yeah, it would be tough.
1: But people that know, people who quote-unquote get it, people like us, Bob, it's Cornell.
0: This is a really niche statement that you're going to make to people (laughs) to get the reaction that you want.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it's The Voice (laughs) in the 1990s in the alternative rock sector, not Kurt Cobain. (laughs) (laughs) At the same time, Eddie Vedder, (laughs) Eddie Vedder.
0: (laughs) Uh, So we did, I just double-checked, we definitely did do Super Unknown. This, of course, though, is off the Down on the Upside album.
1: Of course. Which um, had a bunch of great fucking songs on it. And uh, Pretty Noose, I believe, was the lead single. I kind of remember that being the lead off single. I could be wrong on that. Uh, But I just love that chorus. And I love the guitar in it. Yeah. This is great. It's a great song.
0: Yeah, this is the album that had Pretty Noose, Burden in My Hand, and Blow Up the Outside World. Great album.
1: And then uh, it has that weird stuff like Come as you are, Kirk O'Bain, and he sings, I swear I don't have a gun. It's like, oh, and then he killed himself. Right. Chris Cornell hangs himself in a, a Detroit hotel room yeah. by a noose, the song so Pretty Noose. It is the first single off the fourth album, down on the upside. And it eventually went, Bob, all the way up to number two. And uh, it was sandwich. You want to talk about a, 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 an album with great singles? Everyone talks about Super Unknown as their big breakthrough. And remember the album before Super Unknown? It was another Bad Motor album. Finger. Bad Motor Finger. Uh, the singles Fell on Black Days, Closed Out, Super Unknown, and then Pretty Noose, and then Burden in My Hand, which is yeah, another great song. Great
0: song. I said that also, by the way, like yeah. right before you said that.
1: That's fine. Pretty Noose has a distinctive opening wah wah guitar riff. How are you doing, by the way, with your guitar playing?
0: You know what? I decided I'm not going to give you updates. I'm just going to wow you one day. I'm just going to pick it up, and like you're not going to know if I've been practicing or not. And then it's just going to kind of know. And then it's just going to be like, "Holy shit, he's got it! Son of a bitch, he did it!"
1: I don't know, Bob.
0: I can't wait to go to Pasadena to see his dad band perform live in front of
1: didn't we decide that i was going to play the hammond b3 organ if we get one donated to us by a listener here
0: we're still waiting for that donation
1: i haven't usually we get even maybe a little nibble or like hey guys (laughs) uh what price range you thinking and then it's like oh this could be a thing
0: i like i think every day dan goes out to his mailbox and he opens it up (laughs) and he looks for the hammond b3 organ (laughs) damn it damn it again
1: it's like ralphie in the christmas story waiting for his like (laughs) decoder I want my Hammond B3 Someday And I wouldn't use it again It would just be a nice decoration In in the home Unless
0: I want that in the band Where we bring it to It's a big fucking ordeal To bring it to the venue And unload it And get it on the stage And then you never play it
1: I just just sit there (laughs) Drinking vodka For however long Your infernal Shitty set I like like this
0: I like this uh, hypothetical Because in this world We're going out And doing things again
1: (laughs) All right That's another hurdle for the dad band. (laughs) What was the name of the band again? Dadbods? Dadbods. It's a good name. It's a good
0: name.
1: Did you know that Kid Rock had a song about abortion in 2000 called "Abortion," which is the most Kid Rock thing possible? <laughs> that
0: that that famous the Kid Rock nuance that he applies to his music. Let's not let's not talk about Kid Rock over a song that may not be remembered as. A tremendous song from 1996
1: It is a great This is what I'll say about the song It's a great 1996 song
0: It is This song was way bigger than I think Anybody remembers now Like this was a huge I don't know if it was a number one hit But this was everywhere in 96
1: It was big And uh, I think it's a a Jesus song
0: I think so, yeah Uh,
1: Well, the chorus is Tell me all your thoughts on God But I think they were a Christian rock band maybe
0: they were kind of like I that vertical, like that vertical. Were they like the vertical horizon kind of thing, where they were subtly Jesus, but then when you realize they were, they weren't subtle at all.
1: Uh, vertical Horizon with the, the name, Vertical yep.
0: Horizon. Yeah, that's a cross. They nailed it. They nailed it. Uh, Freaks. Yeah, this song. It's Train would go on to uh, master this formula <laughs>
1: master.
0: of schlocky alternative singles. Yeah. But this was, it was like harmless and good and it was played on K-Rock and PLJ and all of the different stations that played generic white people. And it was a big hit. Yeah.
1: I I think we've done this song before. Have we really? I think it was a mix CD episode that I did. Um, But it is, the band is from Santa Barbara, Bob. How about that?
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And the band's name, Dishwala, comes from a Hindi term. For a person providing satellite TV to a neighborhood. What? Wait, that's, what? Is that real? Yeah, Wikipedia never let us down.
0: I think it might have just let us down for the first time. There's no way that's a real thing. <laughs>
1: that's what it says. Are they really a Christian Rock Band? Are we painting well, no, we with a rush?
0: We haven't formally stated that they are. We've speculated that they might be.
1: Okay. Vertical that's, Horizon. That's close enough to me.
0: Vertical Horizon definitely was.
1: Definitely. I don't know if they were a Christian rockmen, so it doesn't I'm not seeing anything here about it. Okay, that. good song though. Uh, it, it it's one of those songs that sounds of its era. It's very 90s, so it's not a timeless song by any stretch. But you know what? It doesn't have to be.
0: No, it sounds like the guys from Dishwalla could have been scissoring with Dog's Eye View, and it would have just been a happy little world.
1: <laughs> yeah, scissoring, you say? It just kind of makes sense. <laughs> You're you're insinuating there aren't any male genitals involved.
0: No, they have genitals. They're just bumping them against each other.
1: Is there a a male scissors culture out there, Bob? In the gay community?
0: Like, do dudes scissor. Yeah. You got to protect your balls, man. That that could not... If you're just bumping balls...
1: I know. That's why I'm asking you.
0: Well, I don't know for a fact. I'm just now picturing two dudes bumping their balls together. And while maybe I can't I don't know where where the pleasure would be, but the potential pain is not worth it.
1: Uh, Let me handle this, Bob. If you are a gay listener, please connect with us. And this feels like something maybe we take to the email. So the the throwback pod at Gmail. If you are a gay uh, fan of the show and or by or by if you've had experience uh, man on man experience, we would like to know if male scissoring is a thing.
0: Have you ever bumped your balls against other balls, and if so, why and uh was it worth it
1: and if you and if you're wondering why we want slash need to know this, don't worry about it. don't worry about it, but just get us that information as soon as you can
0: and if you have any pictures, whatever like we're we're open we just want to know
1: and your address if you live in the <laughs> southern California area,
0: like a zoom room with like a password ID or something I don't know
1: password bumping balls. <laughs> Just, But only if like, oh my you God. feel comfortable
0: They can't Even if that was a thing, they can't do it now Why? You can't go bumping balls with somebody right now You know, you got got six feet apart Unless you have really big balls
1: hey, When you're right, you're right, Bob Tough times I got a picture of That was either the best or the worst moment In the history of the podcast I <laughs> never <laughs> Best Stone Temple Pilots song ever is Interstate Love Song, and anybody that doesn't think that or know that is a piece of shit that should go scissor himself, or a female, you could scissor yourself. Go
0: bump balls, dude.
1: Uh, This is the second best Stone Temple Pilots song. STP at its peak, right here.
0: Yeah, well, let's go back to 96. By this point, I feel like most of the world at least like pop culture-wise, kind of moved on from Stone Temple Pilots.
1: They had already hit the phase because Scott Weiland is such a tortured guy with his addiction issues, and it eventually killed him, uh, that they were becoming more well-known for his issues with drugs than the music, which was sad. But when Tiny Music, dot, 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 songs from the Vatican gift shop dropped, it still had a ton of killer singles on it. So many killer
0: singles, and... But I remember we loved this song and it was was that thing where it's like, oh, my God, everybody, this song. And it wasn't met with that sort of reaction, which obviously everything off Purple was and Core was big. By this point, yeah, people had kind of grown tired of the STP story, but they didn't care. They they still hit you with big singles. Listen to
1: this. Oh, that wasn't the part yet. I want to say, though, we say that, but it was a huge hit. They were still big. That's
0: funny, because it didn't feel like it.
1: It was number one on the mainstream rock tracks. It was number two on the modern rocks chart, uh, rocks uh, tracks chart. It was top 30, Billboard Hot 100. That's a big hit for an alternative rock band.
0: Then why did we feel like we were underdogs kind of supporting this song? It's weird.
1: It didn't seem to register as big, even if the numbers... Like Vaseline were. was
0: something where it was like everybody... Like Vaseline... off purple was tremendous and everybody knew it right this never felt that way but i guess it was that's and
1: and i think we've talked about on the show but the video was one of the great videos of the 90s Mm -hmm. uh using video instead of film and it gave it the the sheen of like a early 80s it was ahead of its time in terms of being a throwback type video uh celebrating the beginning of mtv culture and they could not have nailed it more perfectly and again
0: we were the only people who appreciated
1: it this is the part that i love That motherfucker was a rock star. Yeah. And there aren't enough of them around anymore. Actually, I speak way too soon, Bob. You do. All the rock stars aren't dead.
0: Yes. Yes. It's happening. It's happening.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh yeah. Whoa, fire oh. dancers. Where all the fire dancers. That yeah, they too much!
1: i do Empty open that bus
0: more cars than a beast can poop
1: in the river they're all the people my lots of litigation and violinists throw out a band for feeling my inappropriate I too my much in my butt got too much in my booty hole I don't too much more. too much I mean totally obnoxious uh, I'm referring to us
0: uh, I think I just had an aneurysm <laughs> oh.
1: too much Dave Matthews' band, which adds to the legacy. No. Oh, uh, Bob wants more. So you
0: think you're baby, baby, baby. Hey, my baby? Don't be a baby.
1: Am I about a hole?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, bo. While we wrestle with what we think about Dave, this is this is actually this is Ground Zero, Bob. This is Towers smoldering. <laughs> why I, I hated Dave. Matthew we ben. hated this, this song. song
0: as much as we loved the last song. We hated this song.
1: This song explains why, despite multiple opportunities, hey, we have an extra ticket to Dave. I never went mm. because I couldn't even imagine the the idea of hearing a 17-minute <laughs> version of Too Much, which apparently would always be in store because all their songs got blown out in a live setting.
0: And then it would just segue right into don't drink the water.
1: That's a good song.
0: <laughs> now it is, but we hated it then, too.
1: There's drugs in the water. <laughs> this yeah. song fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who can like this shit?
0: hole. <laughs> Don't mess with the
1: dohams. Uh lead single off crash. How about that? I mean,
0: he Dave might have had you. Dave had you up against the ropes. I mean, with, the,
1: the last single before this, Bob, was Satellite. I was going to
0: say, Dave had you up against the I ropes. I loved Satellite. With Crash and Satellite. Or I guess Crash was coming, but with Satellite. And then this happened. Gone. Lost you.
1: And it didn't help that the next single was, so much to say, so much to yeah. say. Yep. Didn't like that one either.
0: And look, we like some Dave songs. We've talked about
1: it. Many, many times. Many times. This album sold 7 million copies. Oh, my God. And let me tell you something. The third single, Crash Into Me, which I think is one of the, I believe it is the Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel of the 90s. I think it's special. Same album. Yeah. Too much. Too much is perfect. Way too much. Pile of shit.
0: Mount Rushmore of butthole songs. All Dave. (laughs) Just a big Dave Matthews on the side of a fucking mountain. Man,
1: that is a bad song. I don't know what it is about it that I hate so much.
0: I kind of liked it this time, though. It was kind of fun just uh, <laughs> singing along.
1: Uh, well, I mean, from that angle, yes. But it, I don't know. It's the horns and the, the jumping around of it all.
0: Cool. And
1: he is very, I don't know, man. He is really selling it. It's like he knows secretly that it fucking sucks, too. And he's like I'm just gonna really Turn up the Dave To 12 on this one
0: You think that's what He's doing in concert too He's like This fucking sucks
1: I'm gonna keep it going For 14 minutes Turn the Dave up (laughs) (laughs) I mean even that Little In the beginning It's like When he does that Who That's more like Woo boy I know this is gonna be tough Here it
0: comes (laughs) Motherfuckers I,
1: I got my work cut out For me This arrangement blows Listen (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> he knows it. Was, that, was that a, a Rick Flair?
1: <laughs> I'm gonna check YouTube just out of curiosity to see if they have too much Dave Matthews only vocals. <laughs> I mean, you would think YouTube has everything, right? Too much Dave Matthews. Do you think it's gonna be like the vocals, opposite?
0: The opposite only. of after like. The opposite of uh, like after Freddie Mercury dies, where it's like years later, you just listen to like an isolated vocal track and you're like, oh, my God, this guy was like an angel. Do you think we're going to do that with Dave many years from now? And it's like, oh, my God, this is fucking
1: awful. (laughs) I mean, that would be sad. I wouldn't want that to happen. He seems like a nice guy. Oh, yeah. The the bridge poop incident notwithstanding.
0: Can't hold that against him.
1: No. All right. I don't see a vocals, isolated vocals. Version of the song, so we just got to move on. We're
0: gonna have to wait. Someday we'll get that.
1: Um, woo!
0: <laughs> so at the end of every episode, we put one song on the uh throwback podcast playlist. It's probably we don't want to spoil it, it's probably going to be that song
1: by Dave Matthews. <laughs> it depends what kind of mood we're in by the end of the episode, really. Uh, like how much we want to We want a song that you could audience.
0: really bump your balls to, and that uh. might be it. <laughs>
1: All right, we need some intelligent rock after that. We need some. We need a deep cut off. Okay, computer radio. We need something really smart. Let's hope we get it.
0: Yeah, bring it to us. <laughs> 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 Tits
1: and ass, yeah. <laughs> yeah guns, yeah. yeah. Doo-doo-doo. Guns, <laughs> Guns, chicks, (laughs) steroids, football, (laughs) power tools, big trucks, NASCAR. We did 16 Stone. Oh, absolutely. We, we had to, have, right? That was our. Right, Bob? That did we? was our.
0: <laughs> I do remember that one. That was our first post Headgum episode.
1: Sometimes I feel like uh, Harrison Ford in Regarding Henry when it comes <laughs> to this podcast. Like, well, I've heavy. lost I, a lot.
0: I did it for the first time with you, where I was like, "Oh, we have to do all that you can't leave behind," and you're like, "We did it." I was like, "Oh." <laughs> uh,
1: Machine Head by Bush off 16 Stone.
0: No. That's not how it's listed in the countdown, Dan, because you don't have the countdown in front of you. How's it listed? Machine Ed by Bush off the fear soundtrack.
1: (laughs) So that's what gave it another life. And how could I ever forget it? I mean, let's be honest. When Nikki Glaser was in the garage and we talked about our coming of age moment when we were sexually awakened... Nikki pointed to the Reese Witherspoon Rollercoaster coaster scene. Gets finger blasted scene yeah. on the roller coaster in fear. Which is a great one. And uh Machine Head though, that was not that part. That was Wild Horses by the Sundays, right?
0: Wild Horses by Mazzy Starr.
1: Mazzy Starr uh was the soundtrack to that particular scene. Machinehead, I think, might have been the just the, the movie, the trailer commercial. Did that have a, was that in fear of the movie?
0: I, I mean, I'm sure it was. Uh, Wahlberg kind of goes pretty nuts in the third act, <laughs> and he starts killing people left and right. So this seems like a good time so to kill he people. Cut the
1: head off the German shepherd. Kills the dog. It through the doggy door. Kills
0: her best friend in the woods. He's like following him home. Oh,
1: that's right. Kills the best friend. Great performance by Wahlberg. Almost
0: kills the dad, but the dad gets away. And of course, let me know. Dad was super hot. Super hot dad.
1: What we could not have known then. Was that as 16 year olds watching that, that that dad was what we, in a best case scenario, would look like? Because he's basically the age we are now. I've, um, back then, he looked like an old dude to us. But now I think of that dad, I picture what he looked like.
0: No, I mean, Dan, we can only look like Mark Wahlberg for so long. Eventually, you have to transition into the dad, and we have.
1: And I want to male scissor the dad, is what I'm trying to say <laughs> from fear. Like bump balls? Bump balls with him. Again, the throwback pod <laughs> at Gmail. <laughs> uh, Give us five
0: stars on iTunes. And, and here,
1: here is our personal numbers, 914-693-8500. <laughs> Call us anytime or night.
0: I feel so bad. Are you, are you even legally allowed to give a fake number like that? Like
1: <laughs> Bob always covering all the bases when it comes to legalities, except for the fact that we're playing this music.
0: <laughs> he, was, uh, he was like, the dad was about 43 years old when he uh, made Fear.
1: Didn't look a day over 42. Hot forty-two, Silver Fox, right? He was like a beefier. Um, he was a Anderson Cooper, wasn't he? <laughs> I mean, he, he had some mass to his shoulders, and
0: he didn't need a mustache. I'll tell you that the guy did not need any <laughs> facial distractions.
1: Check out if you want to actually hear a conversation about Bush. Check out the Sixteen Stone podcast. I always liked that as big dumb rock of the nineties. I was yeah. always a fan. Uh, that song, Machine Head. And I'm
0: sure I've talked about it during that episode. Who who knows? But um, I have a very important memory of listening to that song, the first song when I passed my driver's test and I got to like drive home alone. I turned on the radio and that was the song that was on. So it was like, yeah, I'm on my own, Machine Head. Here I go.
1: And you immediately ran oh. over an old woman in the crosswalk <laughs> and never told anyone. And then she said, I curse you, Thiener. <laughs> I wish.
0: I went. Whoa, where are we?
1: I'm Number three. Say hello. Yes. How's the how's my father? What does this one look, look like? Heaven's Tracy Bottom. See what but we're working with mother, there. We did our hot chick uh, Mount Rushmore. Just
0: Let's not immediately reduce the song to whether or not the lead singer is uh, whether or not Patsy. You do what you do,
1: and I do what I do. Fine. Oh, That's awesome. Here it comes a, again. What a great song. I'm freezing,
0: I'm I'm to death
1: what a badass. Oh, I love this. Love this. This one actually ended up going all the way to number one, Bob. Yeah,
0: Bonham. In yeah. In 1996.
1: It was the last female solo artist to top this chart, which is tremendously depressing. Uh, until Royals by Lord in August of 2013. Oh my You're God. Telling there wasn't a single woman that topped the modern rock charts from 1996 to 2013.
0: Uh, be better, toxic male <laughs> alternative rock fans. Come on.
1: I mean, that's pretty bad. That's I, bad. I would imagine that before Tracy Bonham, it was dominated by Alanis Morissette.
0: Which I guarantee you, the record label that signed Tracy Bonham was like, we got the next Morissette right here. Because, I mean, there's no way that you can hear this without thinking about Alanis.
1: Now let's let's take a look at who's putting people in boxes, marginalizing them.
0: You're telling me that. Oh,
1: she's a woman. She can't bump balls. So she must be another Morissette clone because there aren't a lot of different types of women in the world.
0: This sounds like an Alanis Morissette song, but harder.
1: You know what it sounds like? A Tracy Bonham song. Ooh, look at you.
0: I thought you were going to turn a ladder on me right there. Um, <laughs> no, this is like the you ought to know, but turn to 11. That's what some guy in a fucking <laughs> fucking sports coat said. Take you ought to know, turn it to 11. We got her, Tracy Bonham.
1: She also did the thing where she could play violin, which was a move back then. So like, oh, you got something cooking with the violin? Nice move.
0: Hasn't, which hasn't happened again since uh, Lizzo broke out her flute. That was like the next time that happened.
1: That was a nice job at Lizzo. Good job at Lizzo. You're, who would be? God, I guess it makes sense.
0: Trying to think of who should have topped the alt charts in between '96 <laughs> and 2013. <laughs>
1: That's like who? Who would have been the contenders? Who had a? Who had a chance?
0: Uh, Meredith f- Brooks. Wasn't that before, or was it around the same this time? Was a
1: little after. Sarah McLaughlin.
0: Avril Levine.
1: See, I guess it wasn't I guess it's not territory regularly trod, trodden by female artists.
0: I guess you could have a female led band. What
1: about Luscious Jackson? I was gonna
0: say, but is that different? Like could you have a female led band? Or like Tegan and Sarah, like, could you have a band or is it like a solo act?
1: Is no, would no doubt count. Exactly. Like I'm thinking, this this must be
0: solo. It says solo artists.
1: Yeah. There you go. But still,
0: that's still insane.
1: That's not what you were saying to me off mic.
0: We're on mic the whole time.
1: You were saying to me privately, well, the streak should still be, this should be a Cal Ripken like streak. And I was like, what does that mean? I don't even know the reference. Like, oh, Cal Ripken Ripken reference? (laughs) every day for over 2,100 games. Uh, that's what I feel about women in modern rock.
0: When did I say all this? But the
1: streak should be the opposite, where they never show up. And I was like, "Whoa, dude! I know COVID nineteen. The 19's hitting us all pretty hard here. But what is going on with you? The man? weirdest
0: part about this is not the misogyny. It's that I had to explain Cal Ripken's streak to you.
1: Well, maybe if someone didn't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> but you, oh. I was playing to the audience a little bit there. <laughs> okay, got it. See, I'm just I'm playing chess in the podcast realm right now, Bob. That was a checkers. Display by you, you know?
0: What the fuck are you even playing?
1: I have no <laughs> idea. All right, number two. Oh. Oh, listen to those waves.
0: Imagine not knowing what the song is based on the waves. I hate you if You're you don't know of what of the
1: shit. song is. You're a total piece of shit if you don't know what the song is right now.
0: Turn off the podcast. Yep. You're done. Delete, delete, You're delete done it
1: from the app. In fact, delete your entire podcast app. You're out. You're done. Turn You're out, it out of off. the podcast game.
0: Throw your phone in the ocean.
1: And then an absolute hellion shows up in the form of Liam Gallagher. How many special people change? How many lives are living strange? Where were you while we were getting high? Slowly walking down the hall, faster than. one of the last of the epic rock songs. Champagne Supernova. What would be songs that came out after this that would qualify as epic rock songs? And by definition that would be a song that's probably over say 6 minutes in length or close to it that has a very memorable big chorus. Basically, you know, think the, you know, Queen's great moments, those huge rock songs that go on forever and have massive scope.
0: The Greatest Man That Ever Lived by Weezer.
1: There you go. One. Got it. Which is kind of interesting when you think about it now. That, came, that song came out about 12 years ago. And uh, that's what he was actively trying to do. Or was trying to maybe... I don't want to give him too much credit because it doesn't seem like Rivers Cuomo was really trying very hard. For a lot of the last yeah. twenty years, but
0: well, no, no, for that era specifically.
1: That right. he was yeah. like, "This is my quote-unquote epic rock song," so it doesn't really count if, like, you're commenting on it. My my, like my, my,
0: my real answer though would be like "The Black Parade" by My Chemical Romance, or Green Day's "American Idiot," which we're going to be doing soon. They were oh, doing. Oh that. yeah, that's they a were, good one. Yeah,
1: there's a very good song on that album. And Save it. We're going to be doing yeah, the my album in a couple of weeks. Song on that album uh would qualify and then uh of course uh paranoid android yep so
0: it was happening but this is as far as
1: but what do we name we named four songs and maybe not all those even qualify and royals by royals by lord i love lord yeah you do why are you coming after lord because
0: that was a reference to the last song
1: you hate women (laughs) that's that's besides the point And we also did, somewhat recently, the What's a Story, Morning Glory podcast. So if you want to hear deep, deep takes on Champagne Supernova and the rest of that incredible album, I would say it is my, to this day, maybe my second favorite album of all time, What's a Story, Morning Glory. And as
0: we always say, make sure you're following Liam Gallagher on Twitter. It's a constant (laughs) good time. And just so you know, like we are legitimate fans who... We don't just do it for the pod. We will text each other Liam Gallagher tweets on the reg Mm -hmm. because he just, he never disappoints. The other day, the other day you sent one to our friend group. Liam Gallagher took a picture of a, you know, green egg.
1: This was a good one.
0: (laughs) Grill. Grill with the uh, caption, there he is, the cunt. All all caps.
1: (laughs) This is like so. So I guess you you just call your grill the (laughs) cunt. Seems like a wild thing to do, but very Liam Gallagher.
0: Very Liam Gallagher.
1: And people are always wondering, are they going to get back together, Oasis? And it's like, this depresses me. There's so much to get depressed about in the world right now. But I think we'd love to see Oasis get back together. But the clock's ticking now, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Noel uh, is north of 50 years old, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Liam has got to be knocking on the door. I think Liam was born in 72, so he's 48. Liam, yeah, Noel, I think, is now 53. I think they're five years difference. Liam's 48. I mean, God. Do you really want to see an Oasis reunion where Liam doesn't have any hair?
0: No, no, he he needs hair.
1: He's got to look cool.
0: And they're not the Stones where it's like they're doing the Mick Jagger thing on stage, like... I I just don't see it happening if they're both in their late 50s, 60s.
1: Mm. What's the cutoff? Like, what would be if I gave you uh, the decision, how much later, what is the latest year-wise this can go before you don't want to see a reunion? Or are you in a different place where you would see it no matter when it happened, if it happened?
0: Next Friday. If you don't. They got to get it together by next Friday or I'm done. So you hear that, guys? Do you fucking hear that? Get to it.
1: I wonder what he say. He calls his grill that he likes a cunt. I wonder what he'd have <laughs> to say to you about that. All right. Here we go. The number one song on the modern rock tracks uh, charts in, you say, March?
0: No, nope, we're doing this month because it's May. It's hard to tell. Who knows what month it is, but it's May right now.
1: May 1996, which was 24 years ago today?
0: No, nah, like 14 years ago. Four years ago. It was right around, it was like really recent. Mm -mm. Definitely not 24
1: years. Some people might be surprised to learn that this was a number one song. Love it. But uh, that speaks to how fucking huge the Cranberries were when they released this third album. And the album didn't take off like the first two, but the first two, and particularly the second one, which we've done on the show, because we've done every album ever from the (laughs) 1990s, once uh, that album uh, built, built up so much excitement that this one came out and this is the first single and it was just like... Well, it's going to go to number one because everyone's going to buy it and want to hear it. It's the Cranberries. They were that big. I think a, history forgets a little bit.
0: It's a good song. Like, it's a good song to lead off your next album with. Uh,
1: it's not like know. it's not
0: a masterpiece, but if, as far as, like, you know you have people excited coming out with a rocker like this, I think it's the right move.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I listen to it now, and it's... I don't know.
0: It does... Uh, does that this you part know, isn't doing anything. I have
1: Irish heritage, so I want to always give the cranberries the benefit of the doubt. But uh, I don't know the, the lyrics. Like, don't do drugs, it's don't a- do it, don't do it. Heroin <laughs> eyes—it's like very on the nose with the message. And and they did prove, like, people. I'm fading it out, not early, but because the song's only about two and a half minutes long. Um, they they could rock. Cranberry Zombie off the previous album, no need to argue, was like a badass rock song. I thought, yeah. Um, but this one did to me sound a little more, bit more labored. That said, it it's catchy. It's, it's fine. got a nice hook to it. Yeah. Uh, and the the follow up singles, I remember Free to Decide. They were all kind of just
0: like a step down from a the last time. Step down. It was all like a yeah. notch
1: turned down and. We, I'm still. I still want to make it happen. It almost happened before COVID hit. I want to get Matt Money Smith, uh, my buddy over at NFL Network, and the guy that <clears throat> worked as program director for K Rock in LA for years uh, during the 90s and into the 2000s before putting more focus in the sports realm. And he, he hosts a very popular drive time show here in Los Angeles, uh, sports drive time show. He, I believe managed the cranberries and wow and i don't want to tell tales out of school but not always a great experience
0: it's so weird that not only is that not a saying but that you still have it in your head that it is what the tell tales out of school thing what do you mean you've said that before yeah it's not a thing it is in your brain it's a thing but it's not a thing
1: tell tales out of school uh, to reveal confidential or sensitive information to gossip.
0: That's your website.
1: Oh, Bob, this one got you. You got nailed on this one.
0: Nobody in the world has ever said tales out
1: of school. What do you mean? I'm telling you. To tell secrets or spread rumors. I wish that John would keep quiet. He's telling tales out of school again. That's a tough situation for you, Bob.
0: 1887? What year was were people actually saying this?
1: <laughs> All right, see, now you're... You're on the ropes, Bob. I'm fine with
0: it. This is not <laughs> so a So now it's gone that,
1: from something I made up to something that's too old for you. It's something
0: you've pulled out of mothballs that nobody says, but you say it like it's a saying that people
1: use. So where do you think I got it from? Do you think I've been studying books of slang from the 1800s?
0: No, because you're not Chris Wessling. Somebody somebody had to be.
1: Somebody had to be. But not Are yet. you ready to take the L on this one yet? No, because it's still not a thing. So I don't want to tell tales out of school. I would rather money... Uh, speak to his cranberries experience if he's comfortable with it. Of course, Dolores or Reardon. Reardon is also no longer with us. Another one of those countdowns, Bob. Where a lot of people. I know. Got... I
0: was looking at that. Yeah. Let's
1: see. We got unfortunately Dolores, Chris, Chris Cornell. Cornell, Scott Weiland,
0: uh, one of the guys from Dave Matthews Band. One of the guys from DMB.
1: <laughs> Tracy Bonham, who, by the way, I know you wanted. Wait, no. So is he bottom? No, I, I'm shifting gears here. Okay. <laughs> I did not going to make any Mount Rushmore's, but what, a, what an artist and what a song. In her own right, she's not in the shadow of Alanis Morissette or anyone else.
0: Nobody said she was in the shadow.
1: I heard what I heard.
0: Before we pick a song to go on our uh, Throwback Podcast playlist, which you can find on Spotify, we <clears> need to music. thank everybody over at Patreon.com slash
1: I heard throw- Spotify was getting furloughed during this.
0: Not true at all. Slash throwback pod. Don't interrupt. Rimshot.
1: shot. <laughs> Just a mess over there.
0: Throwback pod. Patreon. Ever since the
1: telltales out of school thing, you are you're shaking right now. You're on the ropes. I'm tell. not at
0: all. It's not a thing. <laughs> Nobody says it. It's not. a.
1: If I say it, then somebody says it.
0: Then it's yours. It's your it's your thing now. Only you. <laughs> Patreon.com slash throwback pod. His voice is quivering. (laughs) Thank you to everybody who kicks in $2 a month, $6 a month, uh, $12 a month. You guys are the best. You keep this thing alive. Hell yeah. Through these tough times, you take us from our bad moods into better moods. Thanks to Dog's Eye View and bands like that. Couldn't do it without you. Thanks a lot to
1: Peter Stewart, man.
0: We couldn't do it without you, especially our top tier sponsors. Bruno the Sponsor. And Courtney and Wyatt, thank you guys so much for keeping this going. If you want to kick in, patreon.com slash throwbackpod.
1: That would be nice. Right. And these are difficult times. And if you're struggling financially, please enjoy this podcast free of charge. But if you do have a few dollars uh, to help us out and and keep the the, uh, ship uh, going along through the ocean, as it were, please do. Please help us out.
0: Yeah, go give us five stars on iTunes, too. How about that?
1: Right. If you can't give money, please give us five stars. There you go. That's fair.
0: All right, Dan, we got Anything to else That's it, right? We got to add one good song. Good stuff.
1: That was great. Uh, going back to 1996 was very nice. What is the song that we're going to put onto the uh, playlist? And this is also good. We, we, I think increasingly we're paying attention to this. What song does it follow? It's going to follow The Strokes, You Only Live Once. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean that that should inform what we choose? Not necessarily, but it is good to know.
0: It's good to know. I mean, I'm a big shuffle guy. If I listen to the pod uh, playlist. So
1: interesting. Okay.
0: Yeah. I like to kind of bounce around. So that's not going to inform me, but I think that uh, I'm going to give you three songs. Okay. Let's hear them. That I think would fit in really nicely on this playlist. And you could fight me if you want to, but I'm going to say. Okay. Goldfinger here in your bedroom, because we don't have anything like it on there.
1: Okay, that's fair. Certainly fair.
0: STP, Big Bang Baby. Of course, we have STP on there, but that is, like you said, their second best song. And finally, Tracy Bonham, Mother Mother. Hmm. I think it's one of those three.
1: Hmm. We have one STP song on the playlist?
0: I would assume so, because we did purple
1: let's go gold thing whoa let's do it i love it i like it i feel like you sold me with the angle that it's different we don't really have anything else on the playlist like it so now it's there now it's there and and our friends like brian and any other ska closeted ska fans out there You can never say that the Throwback Podcast playlist did not address your needs.
0: Yes, and apologies to Tracy Bonham. Apparently, one of the guys in this garage wants to keep a woman down by not putting her on the playlist.
1: Hey, you're speaking out of school, Bob. Wow. Speaking out of school. Wow.
0: Thank you to everybody. Patreon.com slash ThrowbackPod. You can follow us on Twitter at ThrowbackPod. Wait, the show's not over? You I was not, doing the fade out. No, you have to do the thing where you say where you can follow us. You haven't done that at all.
1: You're, you are still hurting from the tails of school. You don't itself. even know
0: where you are anymore. This is the part of the show where you know <laughs> That was the show is over. Normally, You're, you we do that did thing. That.
1: No, we did not know. we didn't
0: say Twitter. We did that. Instagram, that has not happened. You You're know impressed. where to find us. You don't listen to me at all. Do you want to do your dumbass catchphrase now?